is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 255. Does that sound right, sweetie? Yes. Are you just saying that or does it really sound right? Yes. Uh, yeah, 255. Um, Zen Parenting Radio. Why do you want to listen? Because you'll feel outstanding. Who doesn't want to feel outstanding? I do. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding, which comes from... Dr. Dan Siegel, who we are actually going to have on this podcast at some point in the next month or two. And I don't know, man, I feel like kind of he's the promised land of interviewees. So I'm just very grateful that um, the person, his assistant, is uh, welcoming us to interview him. So we're looking forward to it. Yay. Um, So on today's show, we are celebrating the life of a great man who passed away. We're recording on Monday. He passed away either Sunday or Saturday. Mm His name is Wayne Dyer, and uh, how would you describe Wayne Dyer, sweetheart? Why don't you go ahead? Um, well, Wayne Dyer, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me um, now? I can hear me now. Wayne Dyer, I would say, was my first teacher and probably a lot of people's first teacher when it comes to self-awareness, uh, self-exploration, um, spirituality, um, and he... Actually, he, I think they call him the father of motivation. Of motivation. I don't know if you like that title. I don't think he did. And I think it's beyond motivation um, because it's not just about ramping yourself up in some inauthentic way. It's about recognizing your place in the universe and your sense of belonging and your sense of responsibility for yourself. I think that Wayne brought a lot of science um, to what he talked about. And even though he used a lot of quotes and poetry and, um, you know, a lot of Emerson and mm-hmm. Thoreau and he, you know, he Rumi. pulled from the masters he and Rumi. Rumi. Um, he also brought in a lot of science that mm-hmm. doesn't get a lot of, um, what was that book that we loved? Power, power uh, force, power of intention. Oh, power versus force. No, power versus force. I mean, yeah. just that whole thing. He didn't write that one though. No, did no, he? but he brought that science. It's into, not about him writing into it. mainstream. I guess my point is, is that he had such a large platform mm-hmm. that he was able to bring awareness to a lot of other pieces of our spiritual nature. Well, and I will say it's, I don't know if it's safe to say, but there is a good possibility that if it weren't for this man, we wouldn't be talking to you on this podcast. Oh, right I think now. that's a very good possibility. Um, Sweetie started listening to his tapes when, she was a little kid. No, high school. Oh, high school. High school. And I started listening um, because you were listening when we started dating. So I started with Wayne in my mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, um, you know, I just loved his story. And you can look him up on the internet and you can find out more about him. But he grew up with a dad who was not, who's absent and abusive towards his mom. And he lived in an orphanage a lot of his life. And he basically just kind of turned himself around and he was very vulnerable and he was just a loving man. I kind of saw him as another father figure to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about, a, he wrote, how many books did he write, sweetie? He wrote a number of books. I think he was up in the 40s. Um, but our favorite book, or I'll, you know what? I can't say that it's my favorite book. I think the most comprehensive book mm-hmm. of Wayne's message um, is called The Ten Secrets for Success and Inner Peace, which is such a fun a, little book. It's a short, easy read. And it's a puffy book. And it's, oh, it's just, it's got great energy. If you ever want to think of a gift to give somebody, 
um, 10 Secrets for Success and Inner Peace. It, but it's more like a, I don't want to say a summary, but... Well, it's comprehensive. Yes. It's kind of like, here's all my messages yeah, in one. in one place. And he says in the introduction that the reason he put this book together was he was speaking at a lot of high schools and colleges, and he wanted to be able to relay his message in a convenient way. Like, what would you want either people stepping into the world or people who are kind of looking for a sense of grounding, what would you want them to know straight up? And these are the things um, that he, that he feels kind of carry the strongest message. One thing I want to say about Wayne Dyer um, is that when I first started listening to him in, you know, in high school, like Todd said, he's uh, his background is psychology. Mm -hmm. And so his initial take on things were all psychologically based. And he used a lot of theory and he used a lot of like positive affirmation, which he still, uh, you know, loved affirmation. But I remember listening to the tapes and it would be things like, Today, just smile more. Mm-hmm. Just smile at people. It was really basic, surfacy. And when I say surfacy, I don't mean bad. I just mean really basic things. Like one of my favorite things that he would always say because he was a therapist is when he'd be meeting with people and they would say, um, you know, Dr. Dyer, I'm just having a hard time. I just keep biting my nails. Mm-hmm. And he would say, if you want to stop biting your nails, quit putting your fingers in your mouth. And if you want to quit smoking... <laughs> quit putting the cigarette in your mouth. And again, he would always get a laugh, mm-hmm. but he he was very he he was beyond commonsensical. He was like, let's break this down. Mm-hmm. And then something happened with him, and I think it was with the book when you see uh you'll see it when you believe it. Um maybe it was your sacred self, but where he went from psychology to spirituality. Right. And I remember that was the time when my parents didn't have his books anymore, uh, not necessarily because they didn't like him, but he kind of switched into a new genre. Yeah. And I kind of went there with him. Mm-hmm. Like I was more intrigued. Yes. He was good and then he got better. Then I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah. Um so I I just give him credit for being one of the first people with that therapist background. Well, I give him credit. The world gives him credit. Yeah, well, your experience is. My experience is um, that he took it to the next level. Yeah. And he said, this is beyond theory. Yeah. So. So um, we're going to go through, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to talk about all 10 secrets. We are going to at least read each of his secrets. Sure, sure. Um, and I'm going to play a small clip. I mean, there's so, I mean, he, he's the guy that you always see on PBS. He always supported PBS and he would, every new book he would come out and he would do like a two hour talk and they're just lovely, wonderful, um, talks. And, and it was such a beautiful partnership because PBS got money. Yep. Um, he believed in public television and then he got to sell his books and, and he is, Todd and I have seen him speak too many times to count and he is a really powerful public speaker and there was a point where we had seen him so many times that we kind of knew yeah we knew what was coming coming. but that was never really a bad thing it was okay um but he is very powerful he was he was a powerful presence and so pbs was a great way to showcase his message. So we're going to um, read off these 10 secrets. No, no, don't read them all off. Oh, we are? Let's do one by one. One by one? Yeah. Okay. But what if we don't get through them? Then we'll read. We'll finish up. Oh, then we'll finish up. But we got to keep people on their toes. But I do want to talk about our first of three partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Um, Dr. Kelly adjusts us. Um, She's a family chiropractic specialist, and their website is chirotree.com. 
And the number is 630-941-8733. Anywhere in the Chicagoland area, but she's based here in Elmhurst. So check her out if you're interested in that. And then I also do want to... Um, play a clip do you think we should do that in the middle of the show or yeah, do, or we'll should do it we... as a little break okay okay he's just he's just got great energy so let's start with the uh, first secret you ready so again wayne dyer's book 10 secrets for success and inner peace number one i need a symbol i know that how can a drum roll not have a symbol have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing What's that supposed to mean, sweetie? Well, you know, I love one of the quotes that's in this chapter. And again, they're all kind of short chapters, but I love this. No one knows enough to be a pessimist, he (laughs) says. And what I love by that, what I love about that is that when people tell me that they know how things are going to turn out or they know that the world is awful or that they know that things are getting harder or that life is the world is a bad place. You don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And I mean that with love because I don't either. I'm not saying you don't know and I know. We're all just kind of giving our best guess about, you know, how things work, how things go together, um, why things happen. And we kind of find our own way of storytelling to make it through the world. And why I love this quote is no one knows enough to be a pessimist means why not take that viewpoint – when you're challenged by something, because we are on a daily basis, and decide that it could be great. Yeah. It, the big picture, I mean. Yeah. That everything that's happening is happening to strengthen, to make us more aware, to make us more conscious of our humanity, to make us more conscious that we are beyond our thoughts and beyond um, maybe what we see every day. Well, and I think Wayne went uh, beyond any specific religion, but this first one certainly has some Buddhism, you know, I think that one of the principles of Buddhism is not to attach yourself to anything. So, but that was great about Wayne is he wasn't a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist. He was just, he, he believed in that love is the message. Spiritual principles. And he got very, at one point, this is probably about 10 years ago, but he got very involved with the Tao. He was introduced to the Tao, um, and basically lived a whole year, uh, practicing the Tao, wrote a book called change your thoughts, change your life, which was all about his experience with the Tao. And that in itself, just being the oldest text, the oldest text beyond the text that is before the Bible and everything. And that it has the same kind of what's that, loving uh, language. What's that book, uh, The Tao of Parenting? Do you remember what that's called? I do. Um, I do. It's upstairs. Uh, I'm pulling it. The Tao of it. Parenting. You buy it on Amazon. And it is, I don't know, how many principles are there? 81? 81. And if you want a book next to your nightstand that uh, challenge you, but at the same time support you and everything you're doing, The Tao of Parenting is a really a book that is something else. Well, and you know what the Tao does is it helps you look at things from a completely different perspective. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes I, there's quotes in my head, um, about the Tao that help me remind me why things can be so challenging. Like, um, I think the very first one is the Tao that can be named is no longer the Tao. And why is that right, Todd? Well, there's another quote, and I think it's similar but different. Uh, the Tao does nothing and leaves nothing undone. Undone. There's a. T- they're all right, paradoxical. Right. But that f- that first one. Yeah. Once reason, you name it. And that's the thing. Whenever I'm trying to like say something that I feel, because I ca- I kind of see in visions and I feel it, 
And then as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, no, that's not it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying I'm trying to name the Tao. It's just anything we feel can it's sometimes words don't do it justice. No, it's got a lot of uh, limitations. It's got a lot. Words have many limitations. Mm-hmm. And so just that concept reminds me that there's there is no perfection in writing. There is no way I can say things perfectly on this show. We can just do our best to try and relay what we're feeling, and that effort in itself is meaningful. Right. Um, so anyway. Um, okay. We ready for number two? Um, yeah. Let's go into number two. Number two. Uh, don't die with your music still in you. Love this. Sweetie, are you dying with your music still no, in you? I'm what does not. that mean? What are you doing to not allow you to die before the music is sung? Well, everybody... Um, was born with, you know, I'll use Maddie Stepanek's language, uh, a heart song. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know Maddie Stepanek, he uh, wrote poetry and he passed away many years ago, but he was a little boy who had a pretty serious disease where he was uh, in a wheelchair, but he was kind of like a, uh, what, what would you call Maddie? Like just a completely old soul, yes. someone who had been here a million you times. You could tell that the kid had wisdom and whatever. He was he 10 was years angel. old and he was there teaching us everything about it. But he talked about everybody has a heart song. And basically what that means is when you come into the world, there's something that you already have or you already know. And sometimes it's very obvious, like you can, you know, music comes to you easily or, you know, you have a beautiful voice or an artistic ability. And sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes it's your listening ability. Sometimes it's your way to lift people up. Sometimes it's your way to um, manage crisis. You know, like it does. It, sometimes it's not so blatant. Mm-hmm. And but we all have it, every single one of us. And if you, if you can recognize, because it's not about finding it, because right. you already have it. If you can recognize that thing, and you can use that to to uh, create your life. Right. You create your life around it. Right. Um, if that comes through a job or volunteer work or the way you are with other people or the way that you view the world, mm-hmm. then you are living your music. Right. You are living your heart song. Um, it reminds me, because we talked about that uh, book, the Kierkegaard book, a while back. Do you remember which one that is, uh, the day in the life of, uh, you know, where the guy is on his deathbed at the... Oh, no, not Kierkegaard. It's uh, Tolstoy. Oh. Ivan Ilyich. Ivan Ilyich. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, he's in his deathbed. And he's like, oh, my God, what if my whole life were wrong? What if my whole life were wrong? That's what, and that's what this one addresses mm-hmm. is, you know, don't follow in the footsteps of somebody else. Make your own footsteps. So Exactly. And that you, when you are living your heart song, your, your life flows. Mm-hmm. And usually when you are struggling with obstacle after, after obstacle, the obstacles are not there to hurt you. The obstacles are there to remind you that you're not doing yeah. what you need to do. Yep. And again, even those words, people be like, well, what do you mean what I need to do? It's limiting. You're learning something to get you back on your, your path. path. Right. And and even when you're living, you know, I can sit here and say, oh, I feel like I'm living my music because this is what I love. But I definitely get obstacles still. It's all, but that's self-correcting. Yeah. It's kind of like it gives you these places where you can find a, even a deeper meaning and a deeper understanding. It's right. layers and layers and layers. Right. Uh, you ready for number three? All right. Let's all right. Do it. Number three, the third secret. You can't give away what you don't have. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well... 
you know, this is really that basic thing that if you don't love yourself, it's very difficult to love anybody else. Ah, got it. You cannot give away something that you don't you, – it's hard to respect other people if you don't respect yourself. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have compassion for others unless you have compassion for yourself. And the what he, uh, Wayne Dyer uses a lot as his metaphor, as his explanation – is the squeezing of the orange. And I think we've talked about it on the show before. What is that? What do you mean? It when you squeeze an orange, Todd, I'll give you this little so I'm gonna give you an orange and you <clears throat> squeeze it. Yep. Is there lemon juice coming out of that orange? No lemon juice, sweetie. Is there apple juice coming out of no that apple orange? juice. No. So when you squeeze the orange, what's coming out? Orange juice. You got it. I you knew ring a ding 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 ding. So what he's trying to say is when you are squeezed Whatever is coming out of you is what lives in you. Mm -hmm. And people misunderstand this because a lot of times, you know, he'll say if anger is coming out of you, then you, if, if someone says something to you and your first response is anger, then, you know, then that's not good. Angry, being angry is an emotion that comes and goes. Mm -hmm. But if your reaction to everything is anger, that's what's living inside of you. We all have anger, Mm -hmm. but it's a very different thing when every time you get quote unquote squeezed, Mm -hmm. you become defensive, mad, angry. Then there's something going on in you. Well, and I feel like this has, you can't give away what you don't have. We are trying to give, you know, as a parenting podcast, we are trying to give our children the tools, the resources to become a really good, positive human being on this earth. And I think this goes into a lot of, uh, a lot of us parents are uh, hypocritical. Like, for sure, you know, um, yeah, I smoke cigarettes, but when you get older, you're not going to smoke cigarettes. Or I make bad choices, whether or not they admit it or it's internal. It's really hard to pass a message down that you're not living yourself. So I think a lot of that has to do with that message. Wonderful. And I'm just going to read this just so you guys can hear Wayne's words instead of Todd and mine. When someone squeezes you, in some way puts pressure on you or says something unflattering or critical, and out of you comes anger, hatred, bitterness, tension, depression, or anxiety, it's because that is what's inside. The irony is that you can't give away what you don't have because you're always giving what you do have. If you want to move into the realm of purpose by giving and serving others, ask yourself, what do I have inside and what have I chosen to store these kinds of energies in me to give to others? So what that means is it doesn't mean you can never be angry or ever be depressed. Of course, you're going to have that. But are you aware of it? Do you know that it's it's transient? It comes and goes. Do you what do you feed? Mm. Remember the two wolves yeah. thing? You have two wolves inside of you all the time. You have the anger and you have, or should we call the more like the negativity, right. the, the envy, the, right. the you ne- know, right. more of the negative forces. And you also have the beauty forces mm. and they're both there, but what are you going to feed? That's when you get squeezed, right. what will come out of right. you. So again, I'm only saying that because sometimes I, I would read what Wayne would post and people would get all over his case. Oh yeah, he had a lot of critics, he just did. like anybody who becomes famous. There's always critics. They'd say, you're you're making people feel bad because if they're angry- Or he also got called out for being Pollyannish. Oh, if all the time. Because he chose to look at the world very similar to the way you and I typically like to view the world, which is it's a- place of abundance, a place of goodness. And you get the the grace, you get the naysayers who say, well, that's, that's not the real world. Well, depends on what you focus on. Well, and the definition of real 
it's a personal definition, Mm -hmm. meaning, you know, if we could go really deep into psychology, we're all living a dream. We're all living, you know, as uh, um, Don Miguel Ruiz says, we are living our own movie. You know, we're all kind of creating our own characters, creating our own stories. So what is your reality? It doesn't maybe change the fact that there's a tree in front of you or that you have four kids or whatever, but how do you see it? Because that's what reality is. And so people can tell you all the negative um, and it doesn't make it untrue, right. but you can see that and also notice the grace. So we've given away three. We're okay. about to do the fourth, but first I want to play a clip and I don't know how much of it I will play, but I think it's important for our listeners, for those of you who have never seen or listened or viewed Wayne Dyer, uh, just to hear the energy of his voice. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's talking about birth and death, which is kind of obviously... Um, perfect for perfect today. for today so um, we'll see how long I let this play for but here's Wayne Dyer talking to an audience somewhere on a PBS special then you lived inside your mother's womb for nine months and in that nine month period of time you trusted your nature you didn't have a sonogram and say oh my god I don't have a nose <laughs> this is very scary what if it doesn't show up on time or You didn't do any of that. You trusted completely in your own nature, right? And so did your mother. There's very little that you can do because what you were to become, everything that this physical body needed was all handled in there. And also, beyond what was needed for your physical world and what Lao Tzu called the the world of the 10,000 things. The 10,000 things. There's 10 zillion things, obviously, in the physical world, but that's what he, how he named it, the world of the 10,000 things. And in that world of the 10,000 things, everything returns back to its source. But while you're in that place, and why wouldn't you believe, even maybe for a second, that not only was my physiology all handled for me, but everything else that I needed, if I could just stop interfering with it and stop other people from doing it, that everything I needed, and that's a big part of understanding, change your thoughts, change your life. It's a big part of that. The idea that I have a nature that I can trust, not something that I have to be afraid of, and I can stop letting other people interfere with it as well. So what happens? We go through those nine months, totally uninterrupted. We have no questions. Everything works out. And then what? We say the very first thing, we pop out after nine months, we'll take over from here. (laughs) That was good work. (laughs) Nice work, God. Thank you very much. And so what we'll do is just sort of edge you out of here, you know. So we edge God out. We take on an ego. E-G-O. So we can let that, you know, this is an hour and a half YouTube clip, and I don't it's very hard for me to press pause because I just love hearing his words and his voice. I know. I got a little upset there. To I haven't listened to his voice since I heard that he died. And that was really like, whoa, like just his laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very comforting. And oftentimes when we would watch his PBS specials, the girls, it was kind of, it was almost like watching a sporting event. It'd be on in the background mm-hmm. and we would just all kind of be doing our own thing. Yeah. Um, I think JC probably enjoyed it the most. I visualized yeah. her asking me questions. He was always wearing his funky hat and he never like dressed up and sometimes he was barefoot. Yeah. He was just a funny dude. Yeah. Um, but just hearing his voice, it's, it, I had that feeling of, oh my God, mm-hmm. like he's not he's here. Gone. That was sad. Well, and what I read, I think that the tweet that came out from his family was he transitioned from this 
this being to the next place or whatever it is. He passed in his sleep. And uh, and that he was always completely comfortable with yes. death. You know, like once again, our ego or our brain gets in the way. It's like, oh, my God, what a horrific, terrible, tragic thing. And I have a feeling if I knew this man at all through his teachings is he was completely fine with this. Yeah. And really, I think our essence also is completely fine with our death because that's part of life. It is. It's just when our brain gets in the way and we think it ought not to be a certain way. It shouldn't have been that it way. It shouldn't have been that way. And, so, and people who have had tragic, mm-hmm. you know, situations with death, um, you know, a, a drawn out death or, or something that was violent, I can understand why they would be like, well, there is no, there is no way to make this, um, there's no way my soul chose this. Yeah. And that's the step where we kind of have to, I can totally relate because I would feel exactly the same way, mm-hmm. but he would say, we have to step beyond. Yeah. I remember Ram Das, who happened to be Wayne's teacher, yeah. um, had a great letter. Do you remember that oh, letter yeah, the, that he wrote to the parents yeah. who had a child who was... I think was, it's Rachel's letter. Yes. And we've actually shared that Did on we? the show, Did I want to say. But he wrote this great letter, and you don't have to read it, Todd, but um, oh. about you know, how to even look at those kind of deaths with new perspective. And, um, you know, again, maybe one other person's words don't make it better for you, but it's something that we do internally um, where we we shift our focus to the time they were living Mm -hmm. um, versus the moment of dying. Um, All right. So fourth secret, you ready, sweetie? I'm ready. The fourth secret is embrace silence. Um, We spent a lot of time on our podcast talking about embracing silence. So um, I don't really feel like we need to spend a whole lot of time on it. Well, I will say that um, one of the first meditations I ever tried, and I'm saying tried because I didn't continue with this version, but uh, Wayne had a book called Getting in the Gap. Um, Is that right? Getting in the Gap, Getting Mm -hmm. into the Gap. Um, but it was, oh, getting in the gap. Yes. And he actually had a CD that came with it where you could practice this, this kind of meditation where you found the space between the words and it you, we actually, it was in our father Mm -hmm. prayer. And I just remember practicing it so hard in our backyard. (laughs) Like I have these memories of one time your dad came over and I was in the backyard like so hard trying to do this meditation, which taught me that meditation shouldn't be such a try hard situation. But I he's always been um, kind of leading the charge with how important it is to find quiet and how important it is to uh, to be able to pray as well as listen, Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of teachers would say meditation is the opportunity to hear and prayer is the opportunity to ask to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so he again, like you said, Todd, that everybody who listens to the show knows what embrace silence means. Um, So before I go to the next secret, actually, it's not much of a secret since it's in his book. But um, anyways, um, our second partner is John Kelly, uh, dentist extraordinaire. Uh, John does comprehensive dentistry with a focus on airway and facial development. If you have a child who is in the braces aspect of their life, I really plead with you to look up John Kelly. He's uh, offices in Chicago, not far from where we live here in Elmhurst, chicagodentistonline.com, 773-631-6844. Sweetie, the fifth secret's a big one. You ready? I know. Give up your personal history. What do you think about that one? Well... 
I would say it's probably the most life-altering choice and also one of the most difficult things for people to do. Mm-hmm. And Well, so, and I'll yeah. do my best to take a whack at sure, it. Sure, please do. So I, what, when I read that is a lot of the times we look at our family history or our family background like, you know, my mom was a smoker or my dad was this, so odds are I'm going to be that same mm-hmm. thing. If it be genetic yeah. or emotional or whatever. Right, and they have a certain people who, um, you know, a lot of us, we have a tendency towards, well, this probably will happen when in fact genetics and environment are all a part of the package, but it is never the reason why you become what you are. And we now know this, not just in the spiritual nature or, you know, knowing this internally in our heart, but we know research-wise that epigenetics, Mm -hmm. um, that we can actually change our own cellular makeup by the way we think and about the amount of stress we have or don't have. We actually change the way our cells develop. So this whole idea of genetics, it's not that it's not real, but it's that it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. completely. What's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't have to be your fate. You don't have a predisposition. You have a predisposition, have a predisposition, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's your path. Exactly. It doesn't necessarily mean you are going to experience everything that your family history experienced. And I, I know I've shared this on the show before, but you know, when I go in and give my dad's uh, history of his health. Um, and my dad is still here and kicking, by the way. Um, it's crazy. Blood pressure, heart attack, stroke, all of those things. Diabetes, you know, skin cancer. He's had everything. And that's my that's my father. Right. And there's always this fear for me. But I will not pick that up. Yeah, you've chosen not to. That is not mine. And my dad, even with the with it in front of him on a chart, doesn't pick it up. No. And so we have to understand that you know, there's, there's more to it. There's a process to it, meaning that I don't believe that I'm in complete control of everything that happens in my body. Right. But on a day-to-day basis, I choose to not think that because something happened to someone in my family, it's automatically going to happen to me. Well, and the quote that we shared on uh, Facebook after we found out that Dr. Dyer had passed away says, with everything that has happened to you, you can either feel sorry for yourself or treat or treat what has happened as a gift. Everything is either an opportunity to grow or an obstacle to keep you from growing. You get to choose. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. So, you know, the the whole idea of being a victim or saying I am this way because of this, you always have a choice. And by the way, before I forget, these 10 secrets are, you know, for grownups, but he has written two children's books. Three. Three. Yeah, he's written a few of them, but two of them I think are based on these 10 secrets, mm-hmm. but they're in child language. Mm-hmm. And we, one of them's called Unstoppable Me, and the other one's called Un- um, On Something You. Yeah. So we'll, I'll post the links, or you can just do a search on Wayne Dyer Children's Books. But um, if get you them have for your kids. Yeah, if you have kids, get them for yourself. You know, baby step your way into reading some of his stuff because he's got some pretty intense good books, you know, long books too, like Power of Intention, I think was my favorite. I mean, he's written so many of them, but um, yeah, if you want to keep learning about yourself, 
read read his his teaching. So, so I want to just share one more thing as far as what metaphor Wayne always used in his speaking engagements to explain giving up your personal history, and uh, he talks about when a speedboat zooms across the surface of the water, there's a white foamy froth behind it, and it's called the wake of the boat. The wake is nothing more than the trail that's left behind. And the answer to what is driving the boat is that the boat moves because of present moment energy generated by the engine. This is what makes the boat move forward. Do you think it's possible for the wake to drive the boat? Can the trail that's left behind make a boat go forward? These are rhetorical questions with obvious answers. And I'm sure you'll agree that the wake is only the trail left behind. And it's not what drives the boat forward. So your personal history is not what propels you. Right. Your what, personal history is behind you. Yeah, your your outcome, your reality is based upon your decisions that you make. Today. Today. Right this moment. Yeah. And that your personal history can inform you. It can make you wise. It can make you compassionate. It doesn't mean it's meaningless. It means it's not all there is. Right. Um, I want to lighten up this um, conversation okay, real honey. quick before we go on to the last few secrets. Are you going to make fun of me? No. Oh, okay. What, I, what is that all about? I thought you were going to make fun of me because... What in your I, personal history tells you that I was going to make fun because of you? Because your look on your face and the fact that the printer was doing things before no. I came down. No, I can make fun of you if you'd like me to. I, I don't think that's all right. Sweetie, who is Bat Dad? <laughs> All right, I'll do my best to explain. There, I don't know where we find it, but it's like a YouTube clip. And there's this grown man who's probably my age. And uh, he has, you could see only half of his face. And that that half has a Batman mask on it. Yes. And he'll like, it's a selfie all the time. And he'll hold the phone in front of his face. So his face will be really large. But then you could see something in the background. Uh Someone he's talking to. Somebody he's talking to. And he uses a Batman mask. Uh, voice yeah. too. So it's usually with his kids, uh-huh. but we just found one where he's totally messing with his wife <laughs> and it just gives you a sense of silliness to his marriage in a good way. Like they're playful. Well, it's so funny because, okay, I, I have to give credit where credit's due. Jeff Playstead uh, posted this yeah. uh, and Jeff and Gene Playstead have been on our show before and I sent it to Todd because I knew he loved Bat Dad. And Todd watched it and he goes, this makes marriage look so fun. And I looked at him, I said, you're right, because that's why I loved it so much. Like I couldn't have put those words to it like mm-hmm. you did. But marriage, it's supposed in, to be it's this way, to be fun. but we get so, and I don't know if this is going to translate, but I'll put the clip on the show notes. All you're going to hear is the audio, but they're just kind of silly with each other. And it's just a really fun thing. They're funny and forgiving. And so this is a two minute 46 clip, which we're not going to play. I'll play maybe 30 seconds, but it'll give you an idea of the silliness of bat dad. John, who are you texting? John, make sure you wash. My pajamas. John! Make sure you use fabric softener this time. Selfie! He's in Target there. John! The light's green. You can go now. John! Put your seatbelt on. 
You're breaking the law. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. It's well, just so pleasant. As you guys are getting, his wife's name is Jen. And most of the time when he does this, he scares her to death. She, like, jumps. Yeah, like, I don't know where, like, she's, like, not paying attention to what he's doing. And he has his phone there. And he interrupts her with a loud Jen. <laughs> And I just think that this guy's very childlike. I love this guy. Me too. And uh, what what I uh, I love so many things about Todd, but one of the major things that I love about Todd and the reason that I love being with him is because he's funny like this. And a lot of times, how do I say this? It's not that it's at my expense, but he helps me laugh at myself, yeah. which is why I thought that you were going to make fun of me with the printer. <laughs> because I, sometimes I get really mad about things, and he thinks it's funny when I get mad. You're getting mad at the printer. Which then helps me laugh at myself. Yeah. And that's why this makes marriage look fun, because he's pointing out all these things that his wife is doing, and she has humor about it, too. Yes, yes. And that's what we're supposed to be for each other when we become so defensive, like when you get squeezed mm-hmm. and anger comes out instead of humor, yeah. what is that? Yeah, it's funny because this, I mean, who knows what this guy is and what his marriage is like, but it sure looks like they have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love the fact that you're complimenting me on my silliness and humor, but I think this guy's something else. <laughs> well, you don't put on a bat mask. I don't, I need to start putting on bat masks if I'm going to compete with this guy. I just know sometimes I'll say something that's really stressing me out. And instead of you being like, oh, yeah, that's really hard. You'll be like, yep. Yep. That's tough. Yeah. And tough just break. that in itself, I'm like, okay, it's not such a big Take deal. Take a chill pill, Phil. Sweetie, the sixth secret. Sixth secret. You can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. Once again, we've mm. talked about this on our show multiple times. Um, how about I read a quote from this chapter? Sure. Any path is only a path, and there is no affront to oneself or to others in dropping it if that is what your heart tells you. Does that help you? That that quote didn't help me with this one. It's Carlos Castaneda, sweetie. I know, I know, and he loves him. He talks him, about him all the time. But I think the the way that I look at you, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. Um, there's actually an Einstein quote that yeah, is very similar. I think it goes to him. I think this is his thing. Okay. And really the way that I look at this is... I think he's plagiarizing Albert Einstein, sweetie. He is. How dare he? Um, I think the way I look at that is sometimes when I have created a problem in my head, meaning I've deemed something a problem, instead of trying to solve it with the same thinking, meaning trying to be like, okay, how do I solve this problem or maneuver out of this problem? you got to get to a higher... I'm going to use jargon. I'm going to use total spiritual jargon, so watch out. you got to get to a higher like energy level. Mm. You got to vibrate higher. You got to figure out how you can back away from it and look at it differently. Because when you back away from it, a few things happen. Either you recognize that it's not a problem at all, or you recognize that what you've been contributing to it, or all of a sudden you see that someone can easily help you. And, you know, and again, I'm simplifying, but we have to get away from it and think differently to solve it. Sweetie, sometimes we uh, create a different energy level for ourselves. Are you saying that to me? I'm saying that to us because what we do now, since we've seen Tony Robbins, oh, yes, yes. before every podcast, we play a song really loud into our headphones. Yes. And it, we it, dance. Tony talks about state, changing your state. And the, the way that we choose to do that in this instance is from the outside in. Like Physiologically. We, we, we change our environment yeah. with loud, good music. So... Uh, 
so for the last seven weeks, because before we just kind of walked downstairs like, all right, we'll press record. Now we're like kind of getting the energy energy level up. So today it was my turn. Actually, it was your turn, it but you couldn't turn. come up with it. Yeah. So I played Sabotage by Beastie the Beastie Boys. Boys. And then you said... Intergalactic Planetary would have been a better choice. So I'm asking our audience, who in the world thinks Intergalactic Planetary is better than Sabotage? Me. I like sabotage, but when I'm thinking about dancing, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what we do, we're not like dancing in a cheesy way, but we're kind of like moving, moving and grooving. Um, Intergalactic planetary is better because sabotage is like. Actually, this is my favorite Beastie Suite. That's the best Beastie song right there. Um, yes, I like that one too, but play Intergalactic Planetary and people will see why it's the best Intergalactic. choice. Intergalactic. It's a lot of words. Well, you know. It's not as good as mine. Well, you didn't get to the chorus, which is the best part, but it's okay. I love the Beasties. It reminds me of when I was in the fraternity house and we were having a party and nobody was having a good time. And then my friend P.D. Harlembacus put in the song Girls by Beastie Boys and the whole party turned on a dime. Because it's a great song. It's probably not the best message. It is not. In, and that's kind of one of those songs that girls dance you to. Not give a play. Yeah. being old people because in college we would dance to that and not even you know when i think about the songs i mean come on you know rex in effect what is that uh rum uh rum shaker shaker. like the words to i mean that was like such a great song words schmerd sweet and it was so inappropriate and the whole two live crew thing was so inappropriate and it, it reminds me that i'm not really even though I hear the words, I'm not necessarily agreeing. Is this all I want to do is zoom, zoom, zoom? Yes. It's not really appropriate. But it's, there's no explicit lyrics. It, it oh, gives really? me a little E next to it. Okay. Well, anyway... We're kind we of went from Wayne Dyer to Rump Shaker. You know what I'll say hmm. is Wayne would have, if oh, he knew yeah. us, oh, well, he, he kind of it. did. We met him a few times. You told him that you're, you named your business after his book. He was so thankful and kind, and he was... Were you worried that he might sue you, sweetie? No. You want to know why? Why? Because he's a good person, and he's not worried about any of that. He isn't. And I told him, I said, uh, I put this on Facebook the other day, um, but he, I said, I named my first business, which was Intentional Parenting. That was my first business like 10 years ago after reading The Power of Intention, and he thought that was so great. And then Todd and I saw him a few more times, and then I think maybe the last time we – no, we've seen him since then. But at one point, we went to see him when I was pregnant with Skylar. 
and he said, is anyone in the audience pregnant? And I raised my hand and I went up to the stage and he gave me a book and he touched my stomach and he's like, isn't this great? Mm -hmm. And he was just, I mean, he didn't remember me from the previous right. time. Of course not. But, um, he's but just... I just liked his, his, I just like being in the same building. <laughs> yeah. You just, he's somebody you want to be around. And I want to absorb the Through energy. technology and YouTube and audiobooks and books, we can still, ha just because he's not here doesn't mean he's gone. And I think that's what he's been trying to say. And I think that for any of us to think we have to be really somber and be like, oh, this is way too serious. I think he would say, you've missed my whole message. Yeah. A, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, actually, I have to put this in here. Todd's mom passed away a year ago. And it was the day that Wayne died, actually. Mm -hmm. um, Wayne died a year after A year my mom. after his mom. <clears throat> and we had a really lovely celebration. Yeah. Because Yesterday. she's still here. Not in the same way. Mm -hmm. She's not physical. And that's what makes it so hard for us as human beings because we miss her voice and telling her things and having her around. But the truth is, is I still hear her voice in my head. And I know Todd does, too. And we still comment about her all the time. She's still in she's still in the kitchen, and so are her glasses. Yeah. We have a picture of her with her glasses. And she's still in us. And as is Wayne and anybody you've lost um, in your life, they are still around. Well, I, I'll try to post that poem that I that either you posted or my sister posted. I think posted. Your, your sister sent it to the, you. What's it called? The door? The next door? I'm in the next door. It, it's on your text because she sent it to you via text oh, Well, yesterday. it's just very lovely about uh, when somebody passes away. That they're saying, I'm still here. Yeah. Don't, just, don't miss me. Yeah. Right. Still talk to me still as if you did before. Yeah. yeah. I'm still here. So anyways. And if you guys ever dream about people who have passed, which I do a lot, mm -hmm. um, there they are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're hugging them again and sometimes wake up and say, oh, darn, that was a dream. And the the difference is, is waking up and saying right. that was cool. If it was a dream that felt good to you. Right. If it was a dream that didn't feel good to you, that was your own, yeah. you know. Yeah. You could basically pick and choose yeah. what, what you believe. At exactly. least that's how we choose to do it. Well, and I think that that's real. Yeah. I think that whatever feels good is moving you in the right direction. Yeah. So um, we're 45 minutes in, so we're so going to have to. We'll go, we can go through them so, just quickly. Okay. Uh, we just did the sixth one, right? Yes. Number seven, there are no justified resentments. Uh, I think that speaks for itself. A lot of people say, yes, I'm kind to the world. I love all people except this person, except this group of people. There are no justified resentments. And our own personal work is working through this, those heavy feelings that we have and figuring out a way to squeeze out some compassion. Very good. Number yeah. eight. Treat yourself as if you already are what you'd like to be. Yeah, that's that's the work of what I take from that from Wayne is that's why I do vision boards is I, I need to see yeah. what I want in front of me instead of just having it roam around in my head. I'm mm. a visual person. And if you already put things up and you may not do vision boards, but however you do it and you say, this is what I want out of life. And it's not always about career. Right. It's about a calm morning, mm -hmm. a, you know, a gratitude and appreciation for my life. If you have that in front of you, if you treat, if you make that your reality, right. then that is what is your reality. Yeah. I, did, I didn't say that very well, did I? I think we got it. Do you think you got I think it? We got okay, it. Okay, sweetie. Number nine, treasure your divinity. And I'll take a whack at Go this. Um, you know, I don't know. There's probably some people listening to this that believe in God, and there's some other people who might not believe in God. 
we choose to think that there is a universe or a source. Insert your own word. The word doesn't really matter what you call it. But, you know, what Wayne always used to say is you, you are, you know, if you think God made everything and you are um, part of everything, you can't be outside of that. Of everything. Of everything. Uh-huh. So you are God. Now, some people, some religions might say that that's blasphemous, but really that belongs to in Wayne's teaching is you are where you came from and where you came from is God. And if we can all see ourselves as divine, then we will know that everybody has that same divinity inside of them and hopefully will give us the ability to treat people with more compassion and empathy because they're not evil people. No. Everybody is divine. They may be off track. Yeah. They, be making, they may be making some horrific decisions at that time, but they are... They forgot who they are. They forgot who they are. And what they forgot where they came from. Exactly. And what Wayne always uses, it's a, just a quick paragraph. If you can think of God, or again, insert your word, universe, source, nature. If you can think of God as the ocean and yourself as a container, you may find it helpful in moments of doubt or when you feel lost or alone to remember that you are a container of God. When you dip your glass into the ocean, what you have is a glass of God. It's not as big or as strong, but it's still God. As long as you refer refuse to believe otherwise, you won't feel separate from God. So we are that glass. We are the glass. We're part of the big picture. Yeah. We all belong. Right. We all came from that unknowable thing, whatever you want to call it. Don't get caught up in the words. We came from it and we're going to go back to it mm-hmm. and we're yeah. all part of it. Yep. And that in itself makes us worthy. Right. And that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line. Last but not least, the 10th secret is wisdom is avoiding all thoughts that weaken you. Mm. What do you think of that one? Well, I think that it's something I work on on a daily basis, and I would call it a practice, a lifetime practice, because that's usually what takes us down. Is It's not other people. It's our own thoughts. And probably the wisest thing that we can come to understand is when we practice focusing on feeding the wolf that raises our vibration, makes us higher, makes us more capable of doing things in the world, taking care of ourselves and taking care of others, then that path of life um, will be a lot more enjoyable, Mm -hmm. meant to be, why we're here, use whatever language you would like. Um, But again, I think, Todd, if I were to sum up our show, that is really, that last secret is the practice because it's what I like to share with people about the wisest thing we can do is go to that core of ourselves, that self-awareness, because if we follow that, it will never steer us wrong. Mm -hmm. But there's so many layers over that, that we sometimes get off track. Confused. And, you know, welcome to humanity, right? Yep. 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 Um, Okay. So a few announcements, I guess. Uh, Quick ones. Quick ones. For my sweetie, mm-hmm. uh, my Zen finance class. I feel the uh, drive to share this because I've kind of lightly been promoting this finance class, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to try again at some point in the future. Simply because I don't have that much uh, interest in it, and maybe it's the timing, maybe it is the way I communicated the message, maybe it's the lack of communication, but. I love the fact that I'm telling people about, for lack of a better term, I this failed and that I'm not doing it like way I, the way I planned. But I always like when people are honest with not just the successes in their life, but also this is a small failure, for lack of a better 
term or setback, whatever you want to call it. So or a redirection or a redirection. I mean, yeah, the change way you it a little it bit. May not be necessary right now. So I don't know. I just feel the need to share that um, it might come back at some point in the future. But in this specific case, I'm going to figure out another direction to do. So that's it. Okay. Um, what about uh, your books? Well, sweetie? I'm going to say instead of focusing on my books today, go get one of Wayne's books, go to the library, uh, order one. Um, he's got uh, many of them. Like Todd said, uh, the power of intention was one of our favorites. I think it was one of his most popular, if not the most popular. I absolutely loved his inspiration book. It kind of takes you to a new level. Obviously the 10 secrets for success and inner peace is what we've been reading here on the show. Or if you really want to have fun, go back to some of his old books, like his first one, your erroneous zones, pulling your own strings, the sky's the limit. Just there's, I think that no matter which one you pick up, you're going to find something of meaning, even if it's just one quote. And I just want to say how grateful I am for Wayne Dyer because uh, my life wouldn't be what it is if he had never um, gone out and done what he used his heart song. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sad and I wanted to this show to be an uplifting thing um, because I think he deserves that. But um, I'll miss him very much. Yes, I very well put, sweetie, and I will miss him as well. And I just thank him. Blessings, blessings to Dr. Wayne Dyer, to a wonderful life. I mean, he lived his dream, and it helped probably millions of people. Millions and millions of people. So we will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, our last partner is avidco.net, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicago area. So that's it. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you. Adios.